Welcome everyone to On Podcast, the Microsoft Podcast, where we talk about Microsoft stuff on a podcast. I'm your host today, Cream Anderson. I'm joined by David Allen. We're hitting you a little early this week. We got a lot to talk about. Yeah, this is the special build, uh, build singular uh, podcast where we're going to be talking about all things Microsoft Developer, AI, Windows, Copilot, Dadella, Panos, all those key <laughs> key terms that you might want to toss into your search engine or your chat engine or whatever to uh, come up with the information we're about to talk about. We're going to be covering uh, all of the AI initiatives that Microsoft is putting forward for developers. Uh, Most of that is obviously uh, enterprise-based, which is, I believe, what day one was focused mainly on. Uh, Then we did day two, which uh, panels came out and talked about uh, his uh, track and, you know, travels through technologies and how he first started with the internet and how he sees the big shift in AI being as big as the internet was when he was a kid. Uh, and then we go into some actual details about what's coming to all of the consumer portions of, uh, windows, as well as, uh, a big dev carve out that they had, which I thought was pretty important. Actually, probably perhaps the best part of the whole thing. And then we'll get into some headlines where we talk about some, you know, more fun things uh, that include. Uh, hold on one second, sorry. Um, how AI can re- will potentially replace a lot of skill positions based on, and this is coming from uh, Sam Altman, who's I believe the CEO of ChatGPT. So. Fun news there. <laughs> Microsoft uh, overtaking Baidu as with Bing as the as China's top desktop search engine. Uh, so for over, what is it, a billion people over there. So that's pretty impressive. Uh, we got uh, issues with Microsoft Surface Pro X cameras, which is affecting everybody who owns one. So like six people are very upset. Uh, Microsoft Windows uh, dropped an insider dev while Panos is speaking. So we can kind of go through some of those highlights and what's coming in the next few versions of uh, Windows, uh, and I believe that should round it up. Uh, and then we have a, a potential boycott for Xbox gamers as well. We'll get into the details on why uh, that could be an issue for Microsoft going forward. With all that being said, let's get into our AI announcements uh, and a recap from uh, Build 2023. We're going to start off with a Windows Copilot, uh, which is, sorry, not Windows, sorry, my apologies. Microsoft 365 Copilot uh, for JetTPT. It'll have plugins. It'll be. It'll include things for Teams message extensions and Power Platform connectors, which is a big, a big thing that they, like I said, Satya kind of came out and talked about. And I believe he had two other uh, Microsoft execs who followed behind him. Uh, his portion of the uh, keynote was about. I don't know, 20, 25 minutes long. Uh, the whole first opening keynote, I think, lasted about an hour at the most. Uh, they covered, again, this is all mostly enterprise stuff, where they covered uh, extensions being a big thing uh, for the entire platform. They're going to have a whole platform for licensing those as well. So if you are a developer, you could get your extensions licensed by Microsoft, I believe, uh, where it could be used in a broader sense against uh, for corporations that you know you may not have any specific ties in, but they may need to use your specific extension to get the job done for things. Uh, the extensions today are using Teams toolkits for Visual Studios. Uh, Visual Studio Code and CLI, um, which again will function as the plugins for the 365 Copilot. But again, Copilot is just now a key term that they're using for uh, their combination of ChatGPT and their own secret sauce of uh, machine learning and uh, large language models that they included for their own services. Uh, before I go any further, what are your thoughts on 
finally getting plugins and extensions for uh, ChatGPT or Copilot. Well, being a web, uh, a web developer myself, I, I correlate this with, uh, I, I build WordPress websites, and I correlate this with WordPress plugins. And I remember back, you know, early 2000s when WordPress come out, and it was just something you could write articles on, almost like a tablet-type program. And then, you know, now we've got all these plugins for WordPress and ChatGPT or Bing Chat, whatever you want to call it, has kind of been the same way. Right now, we've got just where you can ask questions, you can get responses. That That's our main way of interacting with it. And I think when we start throwing these plugins in there, it, it becomes almost limitless to what we're going to see. In some ways, it's a great thing. In some ways, it's even a little scary what... You know, I've been thinking five years down the line or even two years down the line, developers work quick. And part of build here was showing developers the easy way to do this and the tools that Microsoft is giving them to be able to do it. So I feel like in just maybe a year or two, we're going to be so much further ahead of where we are now. It's going to be awesome, but it's kind of scary to think how far we're going to go. No, I agree with you. Uh, adding to some of that fear, <laughs> here's another feature that they announced, uh, which is the semantic index for Copilot, which is a mapping tool of users and company data. So again, uh, this is more enterprise stuff, but it's going to help, uh, I guess, automatically uh, sort through a bunch of uh, company information that people might need. It uses vector embeddings to capture semantics and similarities around content and users, enabling fast semantic searches across billions of items. Uh, with Graph Connectors, developers can bring their data to Microsoft Graph and take advantage of the semantic index uh, for Copilot uh, for more personalized and actionable responses. So again, this is going to be built into part of Microsoft's Graph. So if you are a Microsoft 365 customer, I'm sure this will roll out. I don't know if it'll be an additional charge or if it'll work in tiers. Uh, they didn't kind of go over those specifically. I'm sure they did during the sessions, but we weren't invited, so we only can go by the keynote, uh, what everyone else kind of heard and saw that was streamed. Microsoft uh, also was now giving uh, Copilot access to Dynamics 365 and Power Platforms uh, stored in the Microsoft Dataverse, allowing Copilot responses to be grounded in business data. The feature is available to customers in the 365 Copilot Early Access Program. Uh, I think that started uh, two days ago. So uh, now that you know, run out and try it out. Furthermore, uh, the business software solutions Microsoft 365 Copilot is currently undergoing a private preview phase and will be integrated in Microsoft uh, Business Microsoft edge browser for enterprise uh, in addition the company will start uh, affixing a watermark uh, on ai generated content produced by Bing images uh, image creator and designer tools so again they're just trying to make sure that they are being responsible with uh and transparent about where the uh, image stuff is coming from and uh, how it was made because uh, you know we don't want people running out there uh, assigning images to companies or businesses or projects that it you know didn't license fairly. So those are some of just the specific commercial AI announcements. Again, there was a ton. Uh, I, we suggest you visit our website or you can go to the Microsoft blog to get all of the enterprise uh, AI stuff. But we're going to start getting into some of the more consumer stuff that we all enjoy. Uh, and that was also a shotgun full of AI as well. Do you want to start off with something for us? Well, let's see. Let's see what we have here. We have Windows Copilot is finally coming to Windows 11. We had um, 
Panos Panay, Microsoft's executive vice president, unveiled that the company is getting ready to unveil Windows Copilot in preview next month, a tool to provide centralized AI assistance for for all customers. In <clears throat> It was further disclosed that the tool will ship with a shortcut in the Windows taskbar. For me, for me, this was a big deal, which will pop up a window where users can ask questions they might have pertaining to the operating system in Windows. So, for example, in the demo they showed, they had Copilot down in the taskbar. For now, I think that's the good place for it, and you could ask Copilot to set up your environment to not be bothered meaning copilot goes in turns off your notifications it you could tell it to dim your screen you could tell it to turn on dark mode for example and you know you could kind of just say hey copilot i want to go to my developer environment and it knows what to do and set your screen and your settings you know for some people when I first saw this, I'm like, well, you know, it's easy enough. I just go click the options I want. But it's kind of like Pano said. AI is taking things more of a hands-off. You don't have to do all the little steps to prepare your machine to be ready to develop, to prepare your machine to, to be ready to do productivity, to prepare it, you know, to game. It's more of you give us the concept of what you want and copilot takes care of the rest and i think this is where you're going to see things in windows really start to turn because people are going to be asking copilot to do things and it's kind of going to be equivalent to a the way you ask uh, siri or google you know they they have the option where you can say hey you know who start my office and things start happening. Well, now with Windows and Copilot, you can kind of bring that together. Tell Copilot what you want, and it takes the steps to get you there. At first, it didn't say, you know, it sounded kind of odd to me, but the more I got to thinking about it, it's the way we interact with our cell phones. It's the way we interact with our smart homes. So it's kind of cool seeing it come to Windows, too. Yeah, I agree. Um, to your point, uh, they kind of had, uh, just for those of you listening, kind of close your eyes and, and visualize, uh, Copilot will show up in the, I believe the left side of your screen, just like your action center. It basically replaces that entire section with a pane of uh, glass that is similar to, or visually similar to being chat, uh, or uh, when you use it on the Edge browser, you know, it kind of pops out a third of the screen. Uh, and it's you know listed full of uh, prompts or whatnot. Um, as you said, people will be able to basically type in what they want. Uh, I don't know if you, I think there's a voice command to it as well, uh, which is something I don't think ever really caught on. Might have been hindering some of the voice assistants. You know, we don't like sitting in our cubicles or at a desk or in an office yelling at our computer. But being able to type in certain things and get you know a five-step process or a whole configuration is kind of need a whole profile setup. So again, as you mentioned, for developers, it could set dark, dark mode. For people who are content creators, you can also say maybe go into my content creation mode, which will you know uh, maybe change the background, bring up Adobe or whichever app that you use, DaVinci Resolve or something like that. Uh, for me, I, I usually put on jazz, so maybe it'll start up a Spotify playlist with that as well, all by just typing in, you know, set up my 
uh, you know, profile for this kind of thing, which is kind of cool. Again, we'll get a chance to kind of play with this. I mentioned, I think they mentioned in June. They didn't yeah. say specifically when, because that would technically be next week. But, uh, and I don't know if it's going to be slowly released as far as, you know, getting insiders to test it out, or if they're just going to, because it's uh, a chat GPT model that they can just release it to everybody for all of Windows. So we'll see. Uh, they also didn't talk about pricing or anything like that. So we're at the moment assuming that this is going to be free. Uh, we will see how that works. Additionally, the system will be integrated in Bing Chat, thus allowing users to access third-party services using ChatGPT plugins. Keeping in mind the Microsoft's adoption of open plugin standards, which in turn will um, allow ChatGPT plugins across Bing, Microsoft 365 Copilot, as well as Windows Copilot. So, to your point of uh, more developers creating, you know, specialized functions or specialized. Uh, plugins for uh, GPT specific kind of things, people will start to have access to that. Uh, I don't know if there's going to be a section where Microsoft has that um, and list all the ones that are available, but uh, we do know that they're talking about something specializing for the store. Um, I'm going to kind of explain a little bit about Microsoft adopting open plugins because it was kind of a big thing uh, that they brushed through. They, you know, uh, they have, you know, so far fully embraced open source. So. Uh, during the conference, Microsoft announced that it will be transitioning to an open uh, plugin system. Uh, and it will obviously allow uh, developers to build for commercial and consumer uh, artificially led services across Bing, ChatGPT, Dynamics 365, and more. Essentially, this means that when developers hit the ground running and start building applications featuring AI capabilities using the new uh, Azure Open AI service, which is the official title of it now, they will automatically be compatible with the new set, in, uh, set plugin standards. Uh, as we speak, Microsoft is currently expanding the support to services uh, like uh, Kayak, Refine, and, and some more. So those are some plugins that you can already go kind of test out and see how this whole platform is going to work. Do you want to get into uh, AI, Microsoft's AI in the store? Let's see. Let me find it. Here we go. Microsoft is, all, Microsoft is also shipping AI capabilities to its store app per the announcements that Cream was talking about. The AI Hub will provide users with a curated experience featuring AI-powered apps in the Microsoft Store. Eventually, additionally, Microsoft Store will feature a new capability that will help users summarize customer views for apps. This will be good for Xbox, even, for example. This will, in turn, make it easier for users to get the general idea of an app's user experience based on the feedback that has been provided. Discoverability for apps in the Microsoft Store will also be enhanced significantly. App developers will soon be able to suggest search tags for their app. The new improvement will leverage AI capabilities to consume the app's metadata and signals, ultimately enhancing discoverability in the Microsoft Store. So, for, from like I said, from somebody coming from a Web development background, I see this as something like adding keywords to your website to make things a little bit easier to search and being able to easily correlate. As we know, not all app reviews are, are useful, unfortunately, but a way to correlate these in a more useful way where you can get actual feedback of what you're downloading before you download it or even before you make a purchase. Yeah, it's a, it's a great sum of summation of reviews, I believe, that they can be start doing as well. So um, instead of reading each individual review, especially for an app that has, you know, 
5,000 plus reviews or whatever, you'll get kind of the gist of what the app has. I don't know how they're going to weigh uh, positive and negative feedback, so we're gonna have to test that out. Uh, obviously, if an app has more positive reviews, we'll probably have a listing of all that, but I wanna see how they highlight some of the negative reviews in these summations. But to be clear, they're not making up the reviews. They aren't summarizing the app itself. They are just right. coalescing a lot of the reviews that are already there, you know, picking probably paragraphs or sections of each review and rewording it so that it, you know, gives you a good gist of what the app is. Uh, like you said, before you flop down five to 20 to $30 and whatever it is, uh, Microsoft 365 Copilot will be integrated into Edge as well. Uh, I believe, and this is because obviously there's uh, Office on the web. So they're going to be bringing this powerful uh, platform to the web. Uh, Microsoft debuted Microsoft 365 Copilot in March, um, a tool designed to help people with uh, generating emails, documents, and more. The tool is powered by OpenAI's ChatGPT4 and ships uh, with Copilot for Word, Excel, PowerPoint, Outlook, uh, and Teams, and the Power Platform as well. And this week, the company announced that it was incorporating third-party plugin support into the tool. So that's kind of big for everybody because we've been talking about third-party plugins. They, it's interesting. They're so quick. To, to incorporate third-party plugins for ChatGPT, but not for widgets. It's taken us that's, almost two years to get widget plugin stuff. That was what was, you know, not not to get off the subject. Yeah, that's what really got my attention yesterday when we, you know, I guess about three quarters of the way through the presentation, they started talking about widgets. And, you know, after we had just talked about plugins and I'm like, the two, the two should go together here. We've been begging for plugins, you know, for, for widgets for a long time. And, you know, we've even, even been begging to be able to place the widgets where we want them. And it, it seems like just getting to, you know, look how quickly we're throwing things into AI and hooking things into Instacart, hooking things into Wendy's and hooking things you know, here, but we just can't get it yet on the widget screen. I Don't you dare that. touch the widgets. <laughs> uh, alongside this uh, new addition, uh, Microsoft will further integrate the tool into Edge. Essentially, uh, what this will do is help uh, incorporate enhanced work-related functionalities in the browser sidebar. So for people like the Paul Thorats of the world, the sidebar is about to get even more crowded. So get your pins ready and your ugly oh, opeds. like that. All, no. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, again, this is not just him, but anybody who's uh, not a fan of the bloat that's coming to Edge, I personally don't mind it. Uh, you know, you can always hide the sidebar, but we'll see how it uh, works for performance because, again, uh, third-party plugins could potentially be resource hogs. So Microsoft's got to be careful with how they integrate all of this and what their standards are or the thresholds for uh, resources used in Edge because the last thing you want to do is attach a third-party plugin and have it tank the entire uh, edge browsing experience and now you have people saying that edge sucks just as much as you chrome does you don't want edge to go back to what now chrome has gotten better in the last couple of years with yeah, it it was kind of a yeah you don't want edge once we add all these ai plugins in and, and we start making these choices we don't edge to go back to what chrome was even just a couple of years ago exactly bingo and while this tool is still in private preview, Microsoft recently unveiled a, a paid early access program. So if you got the dollars, you can jump in. Uh, they started earlier this month as gathering more user access to the tool, uh, which will in turn, you know, obviously help them uh, reshape whatever they're going to do, uh, generally speaking. Microsoft also announced uh, Edge for Business within the Edge browser and preview for the managed devices. Uh, the new experience is powered by Azure Active Directory, AAD. 
and it's designed to uh, mitigate issues that arise when it comes to hybrid work by separating personal and, and work browsing. Uh, what's our last section of integrated stuff? Let's see what we have here. I have Windows becoming more appealing to developers and AI. Mm-hmm. Let's see, we have, it's very apparent that Microsoft has been busy at work making efforts to provide a suitable environment for developers across the ecosystem, particularly in Windows during build 2023. The company further affirmed commitment to its calls with AI capabilities. Microsoft announced notable additions coming to Windows 11 for developers like the Onyx, I'm going to pronounce that as Onyx Runtime for the hybrid AI loop and Dev Home. The company further indicated that it's working toward enabling hybrid AI loop in Windows 11 via Onyx Runtime. As such, it is possible for third-party developers to make use the same tools leveraged by the company's high-ranking engineers to run AI across Windows. Now, get this. Windows, iOS, Android, and Linux. So right there for me is kind of a step because this was this was something I was going to bring up when we got to the end of this particular headline. When Microsoft is saying, hey, we're going to allow you to develop for other operating systems because my comment was going to be, we haven't heard anything from Apple on AI yet or what they're going to do. Supposedly, supposedly, as we mentioned off camera, they're working on something to do this on device. We know that Google has Bard out there and they're putting it in their Google workspace and some of their products. But Microsoft is the only one with an operating system who and software whose tools, such as Office, are cross-platform to Mac and iOS. And I think there's even some, some Linux apps in there somewhere. So it's going to be interesting how all these fit together. Like I said, Google, yeah, they've got the Chromebook, but, you know, look at the market share of Chromebooks. So, you know, Microsoft is hitting this at the operating system level with full integration and and making it easy for developers right off the start. So I think Google and Apple are going to be, they may struggle to find their place. That's what I'm trying to say. They may struggle to find their place because, as with anything else, Microsoft is putting it right on your screen, right there in front of you. That's going to be an advantage, period. Agreed. We'll get into some theories in a second. I just want to make sure we get all the details out for everybody. Uh, we were coming about almost full circle with a year or nine months later, where Microsoft announced its uh, partnership with uh, OpenAI to basically head uh, the GitHub project, the GitHub Copilot project, which was a paid thing. Now they're incorporating it finally into Windows, um, Windows Terminal. This way users will be able to leverage natural language AI inline and chat experiences right from the command line. Uh, so all of that, uh, I don't know if that, that'll probably be part of the paid uh, things you have with Copilot already, paid license you have. But if you're a developer, again, this is uh, where they leverage the vast libraries of open sourced uh, code in GitHub to allow you to, you know, with natural language kind of 
you know, say what kind of new developing environments or developing uh, atmospheres you want to kind of create. Uh, and it's leverage right there. So you'll be able to do it right from Windows as well. They introduced a new um, File Explorer experience for developers that incorporates uh, uh, extensions and code of uh, areas um, that will be specific again for developing, which I thought was pretty cool. This is part of what we were mentioning earlier about the whole presentation of AI and the way that they kind of did it this year, where they had Satya come out day one and a bunch of executives. They had panels come out and he talked about Windows 11, but it was also just him recapping what Satya talked about the day before. He's not really, I mean, I'm not saying he's not involved or invested, but it seemed a little bit off for him. He's, he seemed to me be the hardware guy. And so he kind of handed it off to two other people who were excellent at explaining what all the cool new dev things that are coming uh, specifically to Windows and the way that Windows operates. I think there was the mention during their their you know listing of all the cool new things was a force quit for developers that they're going to tuck into the taskbar, I believe, which was uh, you know godsend for anybody who doesn't uh, want to have to go to the task manager. Uh, again, there was a, a whole plethora of cool new dev things for Windows, more so than just Copilot for. Uh, as consumers who would use Windows as you know as a way to navigate. So uh, if you're a developer uh, and you haven't been on Windows for a while, you haven't developed on Windows for a while, you may want to go check out that day two, second half, skip panels, go to the second half of the presentation and just look at all the great new things that are coming to Windows uh, that makes it feel like a really complete, well thought out dev environment, more so than it's been in recent years. I think this is the biggest step forward for Windows and developers in general that we've seen in a long time. I know in, in years past, not to down build, but some people have called build a snooze fest, you know, and, and I have felt that way. But but this year, it feels like there's, even if you push AI to the side a little bit, there there's there's things to be excited about. And I was almost happy that I did not hear Windows 12. Uh, you know, when I got about midway through the day yesterday, and I kind of got the vibe that, okay, they're not talking about Windows 12. They're not talking about bringing me these features in Windows 12 a year from now. They're talking about giving us these features now. And instead of jumping to the next Windows, we're fleshing out what we had, which if you think about it, goes back to what Microsoft's vision kind of was for Windows 11 when it first came out that they were going to flesh this out. This was not going to be a one-year or two-year thing. So for me, you know, I know there were some folks on the Twitter disappointed that they did not hear Windows 12. By middle of the day yesterday, I was kind of glad of that because that means things are coming sooner. That means things are coming faster. We're going to get our hands on things and we're not talking about it and then reminding us a year later in a presentation Remember when we talked about this last year? No, we're talking about it. And in June, at some point, some of us are going to be able to get our hands on it. To me, that's yeah. pretty cool. I mean, this is kind of going back to your point about Apple and Google kind of being in a weird situation. Because, again, Google, uh, to their credit, did a lot of what Microsoft did uh, for their, you know, for their they Google I.O. They, they went over a bunch of stuff that's going to be helping with uh, workspaces and docs and, uh, you know, their own Google search and things like that, uh, very much in line with what Microsoft kind of presented today. Uh, the problem was is that a lot of it was just dateless. Like we have 
in the future some you know earmark time not specific to uh, any of the demos they had the demos are cool granted but we don't know when the, you know these things are coming we don't know how well integrated they're going to be with bard people are just you know now getting access to bard itself while my people who have been playing around microsoft being chat at least since february i believe and like you said we're going to be getting stuff in june uh, at the latest of this year we'll be getting all the other stuff we've been talking about for devs as well uh but for people who are working or waiting for google they don't know, I don't. I presume, maybe they mentioned it in the sessions and we just haven't had anybody come out and talk about it. Apple is nowhere on the map for this. And I, you know, you and I talked about this off mic. This is probably perhaps because of their staunch uh, position on on device and privacy. Uh, it's kind of hard to leverage a lot of this AI stuff on devices, especially because they're very uh, resource intensive. I don't know, maybe the next M3 powered iPhone will be able to do this kind of stuff with a you know some specialized chip and they can do it on device and they'll have caught up to everybody but as of right now the way that they position themselves they are I don't know how they're going to train a model with their their sort of limited user base when it comes to at least Mac OS now iOS is uh, you know vast and billions billion users but again that's all device operated so we'll see you know how they get onto that the last bit of news before we get into our headlines uh, and this might actually be a headline within itself, but it also happened at, you know, mentioned during uh, build, was that Bing search will be integrated into ChatGPT. So for those of you who might be confused, there is Bing Chat, which is powered by ChatGPT, but now it's gonna be the reverse. ChatGPT, which is uh, owned and created by uh, OpenAI, will now leverage Bing search as the default search engine. So anybody who's going to be using any versions of ChatGPT going forward in the future will now be subject to Bing Chat. Uh, take it how you want. I know there are people going, ah, I want Google search. Uh, and then there are you know, people who are like, I want something else. But uh, you know, because the partnerships keep growing closer and they keep leveraging both technologies for one another's company, this is what you'll be having to use going forward. And that's, you know, to, to kind of put a on this that's something to think about too is you know you brought up a good point ios is a, is a great you know vast majority of people i think they have they're, they're the leaders right now in the cell phone marketplace on the ios is the leader in the marketplace mm-hmm. well the one thing we didn't hear mentioned is how we're putting this on mobile for anybody you know good you know, Microsoft didn't come out and say, look, we're going to have an app for Android. We're going to have an app for this. And I think that's a battle that's going to have to that that's really going to have to play out because I don't see Apple laying over and saying, OK, Microsoft, you know, come on and bring Bing Chat, Chat GPT and Copilot over here. But at the same time, I don't see Google laying over and saying, OK, Microsoft, we're, we're you know, we're not going to put Bard on our stuff. No, of course not. You know, come on and bring your stuff on over here. So then you have to think there's the partnership between Microsoft and Android that has been pretty good the last few years. They put out some good stuff. The Microsoft Launcher, for example, the phone link uh, tools. So, you know, how does that play? Where does that where does that partnership end and where does exclusive begin? This is this is like spies in World War II. Basically, what Microsoft is doing, and I think you know, you and I both can attest to this, is that they are building it into Edge, and Edge will be a Trojan horse for their being chat efforts. Uh, they're not. I don't know if they're necessarily going to have an app because they can't leverage the system UI in order to make it as robust as it needs to be. So you're not going to have here's your being chat that will take over or you know 
functions of your Android phone. Instead, what you'll have is something embedded in, um, uh, I believe it's already there now, in uh, SwiftKey. It's yeah, it, it is in SwiftKey. So you're going to be able, in, and it'll probably come to you all of the Microsoft apps uh, in the Microsoft 365 you know, app collection. So you'll have it embedded in Microsoft Things. So if you're a Microsoft user on a Samsung phone or something like that, there will be versions of uh, chat, Microsoft 365 chat somewhere in there, some GPT somewhere in each one of those apps. That's the only way Microsoft can do this. Now, as far as uh, Google's concerned, again, they have their own platform, their own phone. So I'm sure they're going to incorporate BARD into, you know, the same way we were just talking about how uh, Copilot's coming to Windows, where you can tell it to, to kind of do stuff. You'll probably be able to do that pretty soon with Bard. Uh, maybe you know Android 14, 15 will have it where uh, when you get to set up your phone, you basically have, will have a prompt saying, "Would you like to set it up the same way you had your last phone?" Uh, it will probably have profiles as well. Would you, would you, you know, sort of like what Apple already currently has, where they have a work profile and a business, pro- I mean, a casual profile. You probably have the same thing going forward with Android as well, and it'll all be powered by Bard, uh, and it'll probably leverage a lot of its own system apps like Maps to, you know start embedding things into uh you know their docs or their sheets or whatever or vice versa maybe uh you know in in chat or whatever you'll be able to kind of pull things out of uh certain other apps and you know just use the bard platform to kind of navigate all that stuff so that's i believe how they're gonna do it on mobile but to your point i don't know how apple is going to do any of that just yet but we do have the developer conference coming up in about two weeks i think it is so uh we I haven't seen I haven't seen any leaks yet, but I, I've been looking for them, man. But we also know that Apple's hush hush on a lot of things, and they do surprise you sometimes. Right now, they I think they're they they might be purposely leaking out that VR headset that they keep leaking info about to cover I, something else up. Well, I think it's to their detriment, to be honest with you. And we'll get into headlines in a second. Sorry for those of you waiting. But one last point is that Apple, I believe is catching up to the metaverse talk of last year. Not to say that they're not working on, you know, uh, some version of uh, AI for, you know, their operating systems. They're probably, like you said, they're always quietly working on it. Maybe they are, you know, a year or two uh, behind Bard and, and Bing, but they, they will catch up. I, I don't uh, begrudge them that. They will have to use somebody's cloud services like AWS or Azure or something like that in order to get the uh, language learning models, uh, enough information that they need. But with this, you know, push for this a, this headset, I just feel like everyone else has kind of not dropped it, but at least cooled on the idea of the metaverse and the need for AR and VR because we're all kind of going hybrid back to work or full back to work or whatever like that. So this idea of a headset feels like it's would have been great last year when everyone was talking about headsets. Uh, but now that, you know, I believe Facebook is still dropping 10 million or losing 10 million for that project and Microsoft is, you know, all but shuttered uh, uh, HoloLens and, you know, Magic Leap is somewhere in the background. Like there's this whole headset stock is quieted down and Apple's like, hey, guess what, everybody, we're ready to play. And everyone's kind of leaving the party. But we will discuss Apple when it's Apple's time. Now let's get into our headlines. All righty. All right. Let's see. I'm, I'm just going to jump right in here, folks, if that's okay. We have advanced that we're going to do one more about AI, then I promise we'll drop it for the rest of at least my headlines here. We have advanced AI could replace skilled professionals within a decade. 
says Sam Altman. Sam Altman is the CEO or the one the one that runs the show with OpenAI. So basically, what he's saying is we're moving so fast, and I, I agree with this. And this is partly the reason that I, I picked this for a headline. We're moving so fast that Sam says we could be replacing people with AI within a decade. But I don't think it's going to take a decade. I think it's it's going to happen within the next two to three years, unless we get caught up into some legal mumbo jumbo with AI and privacy and how things are displayed because that that's something that's not been talked about you know what if somebody's review is over top of somebody else's i think there's still going to be some legal things that ai has to go through but if we don't get tangled up in that and we keep up at the current pace i hate to say it i'm afraid people are going to start losing jobs because ai is smart enough to take their place but then again, like we discussed last week, if and when that happens, it will be just like computer science and programming and the internet was back in the late 90s, early 2000s. We're going to have people training and retraining themselves to run, program, manipulate this AI. So there's going to be a whole other job you know, group of jobs out there for people to get, but it is scary to think that we could be just a few years away from, you know, walking into that McDonald's or that store or whatever that's just AI powered. And, you know, maybe there's somebody there just watching over things, making sure AI does what it's supposed to do. But it's scary to think about. For, for me, it's a bothersome thing. It is, uh, but I think we should also put in perspective that AI will not be taking anybody's job anytime soon for a myriad of reasons. What will be happening is that businesses that are comprised of people will be making choices to use AI over people. So uh, yes, yes, for, yes. before anybody starts coming out with the pitchforks and trying to you know, jam them into computers and you know, burn microchips, things like that, understand that it is your business your executives, things like that, people who want to maximize profit and efficiencies that will be choosing AI over people. So uh, with that being said, um, we all need to be aware that that's the reality we're getting into. You're not losing your job because AI is better than you per se. It's because it's a way for businesses to, again, to maximize profit, generate greater revenues and, and create efficiencies that prove you know, the reason why they're in those positions to make those decisions. And to, to your point, I also fear that a lot of people are going to be rushing to do that. And I feel like there will be an ebb and flow. People will rush to do it and realize that AI is good at menial tasks. It's not good at, uh, you know, uh, create, creative, uh, creative tasks. And it's not good at uh, quantitative thinking of, of a certain nature that humans can. So we're going to have a bunch of people rush in and say, OK, well, we, 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 we tried to replace them with this. It didn't quite go as well as we thought it would. So we'll have to hire back a few people and work in tandem, mix in tandem, kind of like how you have, unfortunately, the Walmarts where they have the uh, self-checkout, but they also have people at the counter because there are questions, there are circum certain circumstances that these rigid A uh, AI models will not be able to think outside of in order to accomplish. So uh, just be aware of that, people, uh, as we also, move into this new uncertainty. AI is emotionless. 
remember that AI right now is emotionless and there, there's a lot of jobs that require that emotional aspect to con- empathy and understand yeah, empathy to co- co- convey messages to get things done so you know keep that in mind we're not talking about the Jetsons here where Rosie the robot is talking to you in the same you know tone although I did love the same Rosie. Way. I like Rosie had some emotions yes I did <laughs> Uh, with that being said, let's get into Microsoft uh, doing something great with Bing in China. Uh, and again, it's not censoring people this time. It's uh, in a significant turn of events, Microsoft Bing has achieved a remarkable feat by surpassing Baidu to become China's largest desktop search engine. That is pretty big. According to the recent data released by StatCounter, Bing secured an all-time high market share rate, 37.4% in April of 2023, establishing a noteworthy lead of 10 percentage points over its competitors. The decline in Baidu's market share to 27.01 has paved the way for Bing's uh, ascent to the top position. Following Bing and Baidu in the rankings are Sogu, 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 S-O-G-O-U, at 16.3%. Uh, six Yandex at 7.5, which I believe is Russian. Uh, Housel in 6.25 uh, and Google at 5.2, respectively. And again, again, I don't think Google's officially in China, so that makes that makes more sense why they're at 5.2. But I believe that Bing is officially, which is pretty good. So again, their uh, market is vast. There are over a billion people in China, so that's good for them. Again, as far as we just hope that you know when it comes to censoring what's in the search engine itself, that Microsoft doesn't do it or doesn't do it as often uh, and that people have access to the same sort of search results across the world as everyone else. It's all about keeping it fair. And I know, you know, countries have different regulations and different people in charge, but, you know, I'm all for people having equal, equal, equal access to information and equal opportunity information no matter what country you're in yeah uh and if you're just kind of wondering how it happened it's uh again part of bing's uh success is being attributed to the deep integrations into a wide range of microsoft products and services uh so ftc and all the other regulators out there bundling works unfortunately so uh Serving as the company's fourth prominent product line, Bing enjoys a close association with Windows, Office, and Xbox, which have some popularity over in China. So again, when you have something that works and you tie something else into it, use your result, for better or for worse. What's our next headline? I'm going to skip to something a little bit fun here because I see go. I see this a little differently, I think, than what, what the twitter folks think and what the headline reads xbox series x and s owners may may soon be boycotting microsoft due to in-game ads Uh or corporate vice president of xbox sarah bond sat down with an interview with the rolling stone where she discussed that the team is working on various ways to incorporate ads into your xbox experience now, she did say that this is actually being tested and some things are being worked on. She did not say, now let me make this clear, she did not say it was coming. She did not say when. But and when we were working on this post, we saw that there were several people right here on Twitter that says, same, turn my Xbox off the moment they do this. I will sell my Xbox the moment they start doing games with ads, imagine being being so behind 
the competition and your responses and your response is this well here here's my take on it ads often reduce the cost of the product you're buying for example think of your netflix membership there is a netflix ad supported membership now same with hulu that is cheaper i don't like ads any more than anyone else i am a youtube premium subscriber for that reason but i look at games they're going to 70 bucks us as consumers we have tolerated the 70 buck purchase okay well 70 bucks in a few years may become 80 bucks as we hit 8k and we have more assets and whatnot the 8k consoles will come so we may be at 80 bucks for a game title so here's my thing i go into the xbox store i want to buy a game i want to try a game out maybe there's a with ads purchase there's a not with ads purchase and you can upgrade to the knots with ads at, at any point in time but i get a discounted game with a few ads in it and can still play my title that makes sense to me as far as putting ads on the dashboard that doesn't bother me because guess what they're already doing it and we still turn on our xbox the first thing we want to do is go to the title that's on our mind now if they stop us before we get to that title there's going to be some upset gamers like these guys are saying here on twitter but i don't think this is as terrible as it sounds it sounds terrible but i think if it's implemented properly eh, it could be beneficial in some ways yeah um like you said taking a thirty thousand foot view of this whole thing uh, as we did with uh, people getting upset about AI, it isn't Microsoft who's putting the ads in the game. They're offering developers an opportunity to. So if you're going to be upset with somebody, be upset with the developers who are choosing to to uh, diversify the revenue stream. Because if, say, you know, a Call of Duty, which is Activision Blizzard, decides to put in-game ads, Microsoft is saying, we're allowed, here's some tools. For you to make more money because you are apparently not making enough through your microtransactions or however else you're you know uh monetizing this game you have the ability to add in-game ads and it'll be up to you developer on what those ads are and how relevant they are to the game to the to the user's experience they are it isn't microsoft saying hey in the middle of um you know halo why don't you guys try out you know minesweeper or solitaire that's not how these things are going to work it's going to be you know, Dead Space or, you know, whatever other giant title, World of Warcraft, and their developers are going to say, here's an opportunity to per- perhaps purchase something else that's related to the game in the middle, you know, right before a, a long cut scene or something like that. And that is on the developer, not Microsoft. So again, make sure that you are being fair with your criticisms. I mean, I'm not saying that you shouldn't boycott people. I'm saying that you should at least understand who and what you're boycotting uh before uh before you do that's all and yeah I, I totally agree and i think it's it's we want these developers to keep making these awesome games we want the halos to get better we want the call of duties to get better and the thing we've got to make sure is you know 
there there's game studios out there to give us what we want and ultimately those I saw something, I believe it was GTA, where the budget for the game was $1 billion. Ridiculous. You I know, mean, it's a great game, but come on. How many, co- you know, and, and I know we're going long here, but how many copies of that game would you have to sell to make up $1 billion? Assuming they use the whole allotted budget. So I'm all for... I would rather give them ads than give them microtransactions. Let me let me say that. I'm not the one that, well, give me 20 bucks and we'll make you a level 30 Call of Duty soldier or whatever. No. Give me some ads. Let me choose if I want to pay for it, pay, pay the regular price with ads, or, or, or pay the cheaper price with ads and the regular price without ads. Give me that choice. And if it keeps my developer able to give me some awesome games, and when we do hit 8K and whatever next is in gaming, and they're able to produce the Call of Duties, the Halos, the GTAs, the Cyberpunks, sure, let me do that instead of taking more money out of my pocket up front for the game. Hey, the internet's built on ads. <laughs> Why not gaming, I suppose? That's true. Uh, the last uh, headline I have is, it's along with some note blast through it as quickly as I can. We mentioned at the top that uh, during Panos' day two keynote that uh, Microsoft dropped a new insider build. Um, What this does is kind of gives access to some of the stuff we talked about uh, that are coming to uh, devs thanks to OpenAI and ChatGPT and all the the co-pilot initiatives. Uh, We're getting a new access to DevDrive, which is huge. That was the thing I thought was the biggest uh, thing that Microsoft talked about this entire build if you want to have any takeaway and DevDrive is a new form of storage volume available to improve performance for key developer workloads uh, built on uh, REFS uh, the resilient file system comes to the dev channel uh, and this is how people kind of set it up if you were interested in it because uh, first go run out and grab it make sure you're an insider you're on the dev channel if you're not go update your system for that then you can set up the drive you can set up dev drive uh, you create one uh, in free space on an existing drive or create a VHD VHDX and this is done you know via the settings app you go under settings storage advanced storage settings disk and volumes or via the command line because that's probably much faster uh, dev drive must be at least 500 uh, gigabytes or higher in size and uh, it's recommended by Microsoft that they have at least eight gigs eight gigabytes or higher RAM on your device so those of you developing on four gigabytes stop it it's dumb um, there's performance mode, a new capability of Microsoft Defender Antivirus, and it's designed for DevDrive to minimize the impact of developer workloads. Uh, they also mentioned something about NP, uh, neural processing units going into the future that will be dedicated to uh, offloading some of that those task-oriented things so that your CPU isn't tasked, and you can do all kinds of stuff dev-related and it not bother your battery or kick on your fans or any of that kind of stuff. Uh, the other thing that's going to be coming out in this build is backup and restore improvements. Uh, they had mentioned that uh, they were going to be using AI, the cloud, uh, to kind of uh, basically take a flash screenshot of your system, store it, so that if you were going to move to a different device, you can basically, with one click, re-set uh, up uh, your, your device with the same thing, same pinned apps on the, on the taskbar. Uh, they will be in the start menu as well. Uh, I think you might, I don't know, I'm not sure if you have to re-download them uh, or if they're just going to have I, place, I, icon, placeholders as icons or whatnot. Uh, but uh, some other things that are going to be happening is the Windows Backup app. 
uh, where they're introducing the new app to quickly get your current PC back up to its, you know, your previous uh, save. App pins, which we just said that they'll be in your taskbar. And settings, uh, which will all be restored from your previous version. So again, this is just going to make, for those of us who review devices, much easier. For those of you who, uh, you know, maybe use one device at home, another device at work, and another device on the road, uh, you'll be able to kind of keep all that stuff organized without having to take time to, re, you know, re-download or re uh, um, or move or copy paste uh, information or settings to the new device. Uh, the other, next thing we have is new text authoring experience and voice access. Uh, for those of you who use accessibility features, this voice access thing extends to stuff like Word, uh, I believe, or any type of thing that you're spell checking. Uh, you'll be able to just say correct text, which is kind of great. So if you see the little squiggly red lines, you can say with your own voice correct text or correct that, uh, which is more colloquial, I, I suppose, for those of us uh, who aren't uh, proper English speakers. Uh, and you'll be able to do that to uh, dictate, uh, you know, changes on the task window. You can also say, click number to select any options from the list. Uh, you know, so when they say, uh, hey, would you like to, were you trying to spell this? They will give you three or four options. You can say, click option two. That's the one I was trying to spell. It's really hard to spell privilege or I don't know, what's another specialty or something. I don't know, whatever word you're having difficulty with. Uh, the other thing that we're having is the uh, taskbar system tray is getting an update. Uh, they're going to be bringing early access versions to, I guess, what they say is the most requested feature of Windows 11, which is the never combined mode. I didn't think it was a big deal, but apparently if you were stuck, you know, in the mindset of Windows 7, this is coming back for you. So uh, when you have, instead of using icons as I normally do, people use the entire uh, taskbar to you know, say exactly what the app is. It'll have an icon plus, you know, a row of text that says, you know, hey, this is Microsoft Store. This is the File Explorer. Uh, and they, I believe in Windows 8 or, yeah, I believe Windows 8 and 10, you're able to combine those so that you would have like, a, you know, if you were combining, say, versions of Excel docs, you know, open Excel docs, they, you know, usually be able to kind of just hover over the icon and see them split out. But some people in the taskbar uh, wanted to say what each one of those things are. And so you can go into settings and kind of manually uh, initiate that. The, those are some of the big things. There are some other fixes. Uh, there's some testing out of the new File ex, uh, Explorer system that's coming, uh, which will give you access to some co-pilot features, some uh, collaboration features. I think we've talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, again, these are being A-B tested in the dev channel as of right now. So if you don't see it or have it don't worry but that's uh some of the new features coming from the new uh insider wheel that came out yesterday so run out and grab that windows is getting better and better the one thing that i i think we could argue over right there is it's nice to see backup and restore improvements getting better but i still want to see something equal to apple's time machine to where you can image a device and recover, you know, parts, files, individual files, etc. That would be nice to see. Maybe one day we'll get that. I mean, I thought Windows had something similar to that already, didn't it? Not that I'm aware of. I, I, Does backup I know, and restore not restore files, or is it just the system itself? It's, it's just the system itself. Okay, so may, maybe with this version that's being able to... Uh, backup apps the next thing we'll have is files because uh, i think if you don't like you said locally speaking if you don't tie them to OneDrive, then yes you do risk a device going down and you losing whatever is locally there so maybe they're making steps towards it let's hope so let's All see right. got got one more for you folks and if speaking of devices if you've got a surface pro x out there and you, you you're trying to do one of these team 
meetings like we're doing here for our, our podcast. Well, I hate to tell you, when you go push that camera button, that camera is not just it's just not going to work unless it's been fixed since yesterday. Um, Surface Pro X cameras are down for everybody. And this looks to be due to a certificate error where you get the error that says media capture failed event. And then there's a hex code after that. You get that when trying to use your camera or turn on the camera app. Now, Microsoft, from what we've seen in the forums, they are aware of this and hint that they're working on a fix. They really didn't say a whole lot about it because it was during build yesterday that this, some of this started happening. So we haven't really heard a lot, but I would hope and assume that a fix is in the works for these Surface Pro X cameras. So if yours isn't working, no, it's not broken. You don't have to throw it across the room or run down to your local store and get another one. Give Microsoft some time, they'll fix it and your camera should be restored. Yeah, I don't know how that works for as far as uh, plugging. I mean, it's I guess these are USB powered. So in the meantime, if you have some crappy webcam that you tossed in the drawer because the pandemic's over, you may want to dust that off for a few days uh, until Microsoft gets this sorted out. With that being said, thank you for joining us for this very long, very special, very AI-filled uh, podcast. Uh, we want to yes. thank you for taking the time to have you know get a little bit of education from us and hopefully it was you know done in uh entertaining manner uh if you were still left wanting for more information you can always visit our website on microsoft.com or you can follow any either one of us on twitter at where can people follow you david paj 1978 and you can follow me at mindhead one uh where i have some musings on comics on tech not on politics because well hey that's a heated subject but if you want to follow any of the other two please follow me um Again, that's all I got to say is thank you, and we will see you uh, next week, I believe. Yeah. Yep. Have a good holiday, everyone, for those in the U.S. It's Memorial Day. Hope you enjoy it. Take care.